Welcome to the K-Hole. People are dying. My name's Ashley Brandt. And this is Brooke Marine. And we are going to be talking about Season 12, Episode 14, 14. of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, entitled Digital Rage. Yes. Um, you know, that's a really fitting title, considering that it feels like something must be in retrograde right now, because as we were just talking before we recorded... All of our technology is, like, really fucked up right now. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling the digital rage. I literally don't have Wi-Fi at my house right now, so I'm not going to be able to look up anything. This is all going to be off the dome, completely unverified. So if you want to fact check me, by all means do. Uh, you can mention me on Twitter at Ashley Brandt or mention us at the K-Hole Podcast. Let me know what I can get wrong this time around. This is a good test. Just like a general Kardashian knowledge test. This is how we'll know that you're an expert. Okay, this is this is the true test of my skills. I've been training <laughs> for this been moment. for this your whole life. This is the episode that was mysteriously bumped from the schedule last week. Um, so this is what looks like the second to last episode of the season. So next week there's going to be, I believe, one more episode of this season. The season of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, season 12. And then we're going to roll right into the first ep of Robin China the following Sunday. Um, I do wonder if they wanted to provide a more solid foundation for Robin China. Um, provide less of a gap in between so that Robin China can just slide right into that time slot. That might be a lesson that they learned from I Am Kate, but I'm not 100% sure. We'll find out. I mean, I was excited. I was excited for Robin China when I saw the trailer, but Rob is skipping out on filming, just like Lindsay Lohan skipped out on filming for her docu-series, and I'm just like, is that going to be like a big part of the show? Like, that's, we all know that it's hard to get him in a room with cameras. Like, I really hope that that's not an angle that they're pushing for. I feel you, but I feel like a weird sense of nostalgia for Lindsay's own series. Um, as much as like watching the crew try to film her became tedious, there was something fascinating about seeing the machinations behind a reality series just collapsing in the background or really in the foreground by the end of that series. Yeah, no, that's a great series. Definitely recommend it i mean there's a lot of ways that it could have been better but those that was the crew tried oprah tried if oprah can't fix you then i don't know what to say (laughs) exactly that definitely cemented the fact that Lindsay lohan's comeback is never happening i don't want to say never i don't want to say never i want to say she will be middle-aged i really don't think it's happening i'm holding out i'm i'm really holding out i feel like if it happens she's gonna be like 60 she's gonna get an oscar but she's gonna be like still a little bit messed up and she's gonna go on stage and everyone's gonna be talking about it for the next 30 years after that like i really want this for her (laughs) okay okay i see the picture you're painting like she's hit the real rock bottom and she gets cast in in one film with one great director she uses her good comedic sensibilities that we saw from mean girls she gives a scattered but unforgettable speech at the oscars a la jodie foster no no a la jacqueline and that's her shining moment jacqueline Bissett, golden globes 2014 that might have been the same year as jodie foster (laughs) but like jacqueline Bissett's golden globe speech was crazy if you remember because first of all it was like no one even knew she was nominated i love her i love her but then she walked up and it was crazy but i that's what i'm that's what i'm imagining for Lindsay. okay i'm ready for that but i think that is the only scenario in which we see a Lindsay lohan comeback i don't think we see one in the next decade um she's 30 now 
you know not to say she's like old but like she's she's past like growing out of this this is who she is as a person now yeah how old is rob is he 30 but rob kardashian rob rob is turning 30 yeah he'll be 30 in march maybe this year well rob this is your chance you know what's crazy and i wish i could look this up right now scott disick had his first kid with courtney when he was like in his mid to late 20s mm-hmm. like i want to say he was around 27 well you may not have wi-fi i do so i'll look it up scott is 33 right now fact check me mason fact is, check me. was born in 2009 december 2009 yeah scott was like 26 that's insane I'm 23, and I cannot imagine 26-year-old me caring for another living being. I know. Oh, Much less if I was Scott Disick. Scott's going to be in Chicago this weekend at a club, and someone that I'm friends with on Facebook, who does not at all seem like the type of person who would A, go to a club like this, or B, care about Scott Disick. Like, this is the type of person who I, who I would expect to say who when I mention Scott's name. Said that they were interested in attending. And I almost want to go, except for the fact that that sounds like my worst nightmare. Scott doesn't sound like my worst nightmare. I would love to meet him, I guess. But going to this club sounds like hell on earth for me. So I won't be going. Yeah. And you know that he would be, like, in a VIP section, he would get on the mic for, like, 30 seconds, make a big show of popping one bottle of champagne, and then just, like, retreat to the back of the VIP area for the rest and of I the night. And I would never see him again. Not worth the cover Absolutely charge. Absolutely not. It's not worth all of the preparation. And I can't believe this person I know is actually going to go do that. I think they're going genuinely to club, as in, like, the verb club, like, they're going clubbing. I don't understand our youth culture. This is a side note, but I don't know if you've watched um, the MTV dating reality show, Are You the One? No. Okay, so I find this to be a very fascinating case study of, I don't know, people in America in their 20s. I. So the premise is 10 girls, 10 guys, I guess presumably all straight, they each submitted all their information to the producers. The producers selected their perfect match. They go into this house in Hawaii, and they have 10 weeks, 10 tries, to figure out who is their perfect match. And there's, like, some, like, competitions that they do, and they mix up, and they pick their matches, and sometimes they're right, and sometimes they're wrong, whatever. When I found out that a good number of people, and I watched season four is when I started, and I just binged it all last week, and when I found out that most of those people were like 22, 23, 24, I immediately went into panic mode, because I was like, oh, I'm 23, is this the behavior that I'm supposed to be (laughs) engaging in as a young (laughs) adult in this country? Like, are you kidding me? Brooke, you're supposed to be on the hunt for your soulmate right now. You need to submit an app for every reality dating show out there right now. How else are you going to find your soulmate? I don't know, but it's crazy watching them behave like this and in front of cameras, no less. For fame, obviously. That's nuts. I'm not an idiot. I know how this shit works. For money, of course. But apparently also for love. There's a couple from this season that's still together, and I'm, like, very much rooting for them. Like, it's weird that I even care. But I was doing some thinking about, like, which type... I was thinking about, like, the genres of reality TV shows, and, like, I was thinking, like... Did we talk about this last episode? I can't remember if we did or not. But I was thinking about how there's, like, dating reality shows, and then there's, like, you know, game show, competition, travel... And then there's, like, Mm -hmm. lifestyle. Like, I would consider keeping up with the Kardashians more of a lifestyle or, like, Real Housewives. Absolutely. 100%, hands down, that's my genre. Like, if I were supposed to be on reality TV, that's the type of show I would be in. Where you just live your life and people watch you living your life. Like, you can't can't be mad at someone for doing that. Yeah. 
Well, I think all of the other, especially like competition shows, whether it's like The Amazing Race or Survivor or a dating competition show, there's such a degree of secondhand embarrassment involved just because putting yourself out there and trying to do things is inherently embarrassing. (laughs) And it's sad that we've come to the point where like trying at something is embarrassing, but that is where we are. And that's how I feel about trying as a concept it seems embarrassing and like i shouldn't have to do it and i don't want anyone else to do it no you're so Um, right so that's why i don't watch those shows you're so right like it's really embarrassing like i don't watch the bachelor or bachelorette well i did and i I did when it first started like i remember trista and ryan i went way back like i used to watch it with my parents and then i stopped watching it in high school because i was like that's stupid and now I feel like it's had this resurgence in the last few years and then like unreal and like all this stuff, but not like this is a, this is not a plug. MTV is not, is not sponsoring this, but are you the one is like pretty good television. I have to say just a quick side note. I believe that. I believe that. I did once conceive of a Kardashian dating show that I think would have been really good. This was right around Kim's divorce that I came up with this concept, and it was going to be Rob, Lamar, Scott, and Caitlyn on a panel picking Kim's next boyfriend. That's really good. Because all of those relationships seemed to be successful. And those were all of the people who told Chris Humphreys that his approach to his marriage to Kim was not going to work out. So I was like, this is a panel that would make sense and make a good choice for my girl, Kim Kardashian. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. just four years later, I don't think that panel would work anymore. But back then, I was really into that concept. Sure. Oh, another thing that's really been like on my mind and... I started thinking about this because I was watching Are You the One? But then I, I of course, thought about it in relation to the Kardashians and, like, other shows and just reality TV in general. I truly think that the basis for, I don't know, the fascination that the public, the audience has with reality TV, but then also the basis for any sort of conflict or plot device really in any of these shows pretty much any of them is class and class struggles yes and because i was watching are you the one yeah i was like there's a certain character i guess whatever sure person contestant who would consistently bring up his class background in relation to the rest of the housemates and and then of course like it makes sense to think about those things in terms of dating and relationships because like I'm sure, and I haven't looked this up enough, but I'm sure there's enough literature out there on, like, the class and social politics of dating that, like, this probably makes sense as, like, some sort of idea that I have. Um, And just thinking about, like, people who maybe date people from various social classes and how that does or does not work in certain circumstances. But the reason I thought about the Kardashians was because, do you remember when... There's, this was floating around on the internet like a week or two ago. The scene from the season where Chris and Kim were about to get married, and it was like a few days before their marriage, and she and him get into this big argument, and he's like, doesn't understand that, she thinks that he doesn't understand that she's making a lot of business decisions, and like, the boutique's really important, and she has to travel for that, and like, blah, 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 and she mm-hmm. says something like, I'm not from Yeehaw, Nebraska, And he's like, and like, it's just like, ah, like it's in two minutes. It's like a concise version of everything that I've just been talking about, which is that like class interclass struggles are, I think the basis and like driving plot devices of pretty much anything related to reality TV. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Well, because I think it's one of the most salient socioeconomic or, you know, sociological differences between individuals that um, sort of has yet to be, I think, broached by the mainstream as um, as a as a sensitive subject. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? So, whereas I think we do get in some instances the self policing of misogyny, 
um, and race, racism and um, homophobia in the mainstream, I think that class remains an issue where there are acceptable ways to um, speak poorly of someone with um, a lower socioeconomic background. Does that make sense? And that's often encoded language like the word classy, for instance, or like sophisticated, educated, articulate, eloquent, stuff like that. Um, I think that there's just less of an awareness or a degree of negligence towards um, the differences in in class on TV and in popular culture in general. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, totally. And then even just, you know, more related to, like, Kim and her relationships with other men, and I think you've brought this up in the past, which is that, like, she's... I mean, sure, like, they, they grew up... I, I don't know if it's upper middle class or maybe, like, even just, like, upper class, but kind of... You know, their, their parents weren't celebrities, but, like, they did work... And they did make a lot of money, and they went to high school with, like, Paris Hilton, you know? So they've Mm -hmm. had a certain upbringing. Well, and Kendall and Kylie definitely did. But, um... Oh, yeah. Just thinking about, like, Kim's relationships with other men, like, I definitely think... And her her climb up this sort of ladder into being into climbing into a different tier of fame and celebrity like a more quote-unquote respectable level like she's she's at the beyonce Mm jay-z like superstar cover of vogue upper class white level of fame and i'm just thinking about she knew that chris humphreys wasn't going to get her there not that she used kanye i'm not i'm not implying that she used kanye to get to this point i do think she would have found a way regardless of who her partner was um but he definitely helps and his his friends help and this is something that Kanye even brought up when they were in 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 Cuba you know when he was talking about like loyalty and stuff and how like if he had a new show and he brought all his famous friends like Beyonce and Jay-Z and had it premiere at the same time as Keeping Up with the Kardashians wouldn't it be fucked up if he didn't tell them in regards to the Kylie Puma agreement stuff yeah all of this stuff is just like very coded with the language of class politics but anyway that was just my that was on my mind this week oh i mean the show is always on my mind as are the socio well socioeconomic and broader sociological issues (laughs) the show encompasses for instance I don't know if this was this week or the week before, but Kim gave an interview, and once again, I cannot Google, where she said she doesn't consider herself a feminist. I think she specifically said she doesn't consider herself a free-the-nipple feminist, uh, referring to the movement on Instagram to allow for um, photos featuring uh, female nipples to be uncensored on Instagram, as male nipples are uncensored and they are basically the same thing they are the same uh body part just on two different bodies so i mean that definitely drove up a little bit of conversation and then kind of died out i was a little i don't want to say surprised but disappointed to hear kim say that but to me just says that you know she hasn't received an education on you know feminist movements and like what constitutes a feminist feminist issue but kim's brand is basically as we've already discussed extensively predicated on being exceptionally inoffensive the word feminist itself is unfortunately a hot button issue at this point in time so pr wise i get it i do think it's misguided and i think she could have drummed up a lot of positive press by saying that she is a feminist or like has feminist values well she basically said like i support the equality of all individuals no matter what like she basically said that she was but she i think she said i don't want to put a label on things like i'm butchering that quote but i think that's basically what she said and like yeah it's totally misguided (laughs) because yeah 
Ugh. Don't want to put a label on things. I mean, we put labels on... Not labels. We give names to social movements so that people can become organized and, like, united under one ideological system mm-hmm. and, like, support initiatives that are housed under that Right, like, I don't think, ideological she, I don't think she has a problem saying I'm a Christian. You know what I mean? Like... Exactly. And not that those are the same thing at all, but, like, it's an ideological movement, whatever. And... You know, she's like, I'm a mother, I'm a wife, I'm a sister, I'm a daughter, but I don't want to put labels on things. And in that case, it's like, yeah. all right, I don't know, I don't really have, I don't really have evolved thoughts on the subject, because I feel like every, every female celebrity is given that question, and like most of them, I, I don't, and this isn't because, this is most celebrities are just not well read in my opinion yes so <laughs> no totally most people at this I mean, level of fame are not gonna give you they're gonna give you the pr scripted answer and her team should have said yes in terms like sure then that would we'd have the we'd have the issue of you know co-opting the movement for the mainstream for the celebrity for the famous for the rich whatever but I don't know. I almost don't care. Is that bad? <laughs> no, no. I don't think that's bad. I do want to really briefly talk about what you just said, which is that most celebrities at this level of fame aren't well read. I find it fascinating how people at this level of fame, the A-list level of fame, can be so isolated from both just like literary canon at large like they pretty much stop learning at a certain stage because they don't have to and how they can be so isolated from like current conversation topics and just the internet at large like angelina jolie and brad pitt probably never used the internet because they they, it would be impossible for them to go on the internet without encountering headlines about them that's so crazy to me (laughs) Well, it's definitely something that I think about a lot because I'm like, (laughs) so if I were to ever be famous, does my knowledge of reading, like, the Phenomenology of Spirit by Hegel, like, make a difference? Like, no, it doesn't. And the minute you become, the minute you get to that level, like, and this isn't to say that they're all dumb. I don't think that. I do think that they have a million mechanisms protecting and keeping them from you know, spaces like the internet. And we're only using 10% of the internet. They probably don't even know what the deep web is. You know, so... I know. And I'm, this, isn't, this isn't to rail against celebrities. Like, yes, many of them are very intelligent people. Like, no, you don't have to go to college. But it becomes... No, you don't have to do... Right. Whatever. Someone like Winona Ryder is clearly very intelligent. And she was at yes. the ultimate A-list level dating Johnny Depp in the 90s. You know, like, I don't think they're all dumb. And but I it, definitely think Angelina Jolie probably reads a lot, too. But, yeah, you're right. She and Brad Pitt probably never look at the internet because all it would be is a bunch of bullshit headlines about their family. And, no, I wouldn't want to read that shit about me, either. Exactly. At that stage, it it becomes an ignorance is bliss coping mechanism mm-hmm. because you can't encounter the multitudes of bad press or like false press about you if you avoid all press about you and the only way to do that when you are as ubiquitous as a-list celebrities is to avoid the internet entirely and i was thinking about this a little bit with like joseph gordon levitt when he i don't remember like what movie he was in with emily blunt or like scarlett johansson maybe I don't know. He said something at a press conference where he was like, oh, haha, didn't expect a pretty girl to also be funny. And like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, you know, sensitive male celebrity number one (laughs) has always been the first to like be on the right side of history as far as social issues go, at least when he's asked in interviews. But it seemed pretty clear to me that in the time between, you know, him attending like Columbia, which is an amazing school 
and becoming as famous as he had been had become at that point he you know had not been observing and participating in um the change in in conversation surrounding how we make jokes like that or how we don't make jokes like that and how that's no longer just like an acceptable like haha buddy buddy thing that's just to make those kind of flippant jokes about women it's just so crazy to me because here's the thing i don't want someone really cool and awesome like jenny slate to get to that level because i want her to be super famous but i don't want her to say ignorant shit you know and i don't think she would and i don't think no i think you know like she's very smart and very cool and i think she's awesome and if she's dating chris evans then he must be cool too which i didn't expect but like sure i trust her judgment i just like that's bonkers to me to think that people can be so aloof because for me it's like i can't avoid the internet even if i tried you know what i mean like and that's that's just like that's just like shows you the privileges that they have as people in the a-list but do you they have think that mechanisms i don't know okay do you think that there will come a point where there will be an a-list celebrity like a beyonce jay-z level celebrity born of the internet yeah who will not be able to stay away from the internet and will have to reconcile i mean that ignorance is bliss coping mechanism can i say two things one of those that person is obviously us but (laughs) i'm just kidding honestly that person will exist they probably already do exist and they will be that famous and they the first like batch of people to deal with that are definitely going to have some sort of breakdown it's just gonna happen yeah like they're gonna have their their brain they're not gonna be able to handle this their psyche like emotionally like who can handle that it's gonna end up they're gonna have some howard hughes type reaction to fame you know what you mm-hmm. know what i mean and like yeah i'm to, trying like, to think sh- like if he there's... was mentally ill like i get it but like i'm just saying yeah there will be in like the next 10 years someone's gonna be like a really super smart like actual intelligent like intellectual celebrity a-list at the level of a beyonce queen status but do you think taylor swift is close to what we're talking about what no just she does use the internet a little bit but we don't really know the context this is what i'm thinking of i'm thinking of like what example could someone use to try to prove us wrong and i think people point to the fact that taylor swift like uses tumblr and like likes posts that say things about her but i have to think that that's vetted by her team yeah that's her and team. we know and we know that um with with the recent i don't remember what it was there was some kind of like hashtag ask the president thing on twitter and twitter put some kind of algorithm in place that filtered out negative com not negative comments but like the kind of online harassment and abuse that a lot of people face twitter was able to filter that out of that hashtag so the president wouldn't see it that's crazy so i w- Yes. Also, yeah, I totally and I forgot wonder... that the president is, like, an intellectual. I love Obama. He's very smart, but he's not Beyonce. Yes. <laughs> you know? No. No. But I'm wondering, A, is something like that available for celebrities on places like Tumblr? Does Taylor Swift have someone curating her Tumblr likes for her or presenting a curated newsfeed of some kind for her? Probably yes to both of those things. Yeah, and I'm sure she has input. I mean, even someone like Lena Dunham, who has faced a lot of disgusting harassment from trolls on Twitter, she just, like, doesn't even look at Twitter anymore. She just tells her assistant what to type, and, like, she has her assistant look through and say, oh, like, I don't know, Rashida Jones replied to your tweet. What do you want to say back? You know, like, they have the resources to make those things happen human resources but also like virtual electronic ones as well like they have a team of people 
And those people also, I'm sure, are working with some sort of analytics software. I don't know. They have money. (laughs) But the crazy thing to me, to bring it back to the Kardashians, is that this isn't crazy. It's not crazy. I can totally understand because I get it. Courtney says that she would be happy if the show ended soon. And I wonder if that means that she's going to bow out in the next couple years and kind of pull a Kendall and just sort of not be on it as much. I feel like Courtney might want us to think that. Courtney might want us to think that her brand is above appearing on a reality show. That might be a smart choice for her brand. I don't know if she even wants us to think that. But I also think based on the amount of storylines that she has been carrying this whole season and based on some comments that both she and Scott have made in the past, just about the fact that they're pretty much okay with denying their kids a private childhood just to participate in this show, which is fine, but maybe counterintuitive to some of the values that they otherwise espouse. I think that Courtney just doesn't care, which is maybe even more empowering. Yeah. Like, she seems pretty ambivalent to whether or not the show continues, and she seems pretty ambivalent about, like, how she appears on the show. I think because she also knows that if the show ends, her, like, she said, like, she has her assets, she has her brand... She's not going to fade mm-hmm. into obscurity, even if she is Kim Kardashian's sister, if that's how she's known for the rest of her life, she's not going to fade into obscurity. Like not as long as yeah. not as long as Chris is managing them, honestly. Yeah. And her kids are set up for life. Right. Her kids are set. The thing is, like, you know, she'll be doing sponsored posts. And, like, hopefully actually <laughs> letting people know that they're sponsored. But she'll be doing that shit for, the like, branded content for the rest of her life. And, like, yeah. you know, that's one of the things in IRL news this week is that the Kardashians have been skipping out on using the, like, hashtag ad or hashtag sponsored on sponsored Instagram posts. And so, like, I guess they're getting sued or something. I think mostly it's referring to when they have, like, content that includes, like, I don't know, like, Fit Tea or whatever they endorse. Um, mm-hmm. I would love an investigation into Fit T. Can someone please do it? Yes. I'm too tired. <laughs> I want an investigation into Fit T as well as Waste Gang Society. Yeah. Both of those businesses have shitty ass websites, but based on the types of celebrities they get to endorse their products online and the price tag that must come with those posts like five thousand dollars a post easy it's just and the frequency that we see and the ubiquitousness of those posts those businesses have to be worth millions of dollars why can't they get better websites why does their instagram handle have numbers in it i have so many questions it's so shady i want to do maybe i should pitch this a viceland special on these <laughs> businesses like I don't know if you've ever seen any of the shows on Viceland, but yes. they have a show with Michael K- oh Michael K. Williams called Black Market, and it's really good. I like it a lot. I actually like a lot of their content, um, but I love Michael K. Williams, so of course I'm going to watch the show. And, mm-hmm. you know, he talks about, like, the deep web or, like, carjacking in Newark or, like, all of these different black market things, whatever. And, like, I would love to do an investigative report on these ads on Instagram these businesses that are just so shady yes like don't come for me but also like what like allegedly they can't be real like i would love to i would love to do this with you i would love to make this happen and i would love to watch it someone needs to pay me concept i am unemployed please pay me to find out what the fuck is i just want to know we all want to know yes So we'll have to stay tuned. I think at this point, it's not the FTC that is on the Kardashians about this, but there is a group that is threatening to report the Kardashians to the FTC by writing an open letter with their threats, which seems like more or less the same thing. Okay, but I also want to know how has this stuff even been approved by the FDA, like in the first place? (laughs) 
Like, does no Fit one? I do not think has been approved by the FDA because if you oh my God. categorize something like that as a supplement, the FDA doesn't have to approve it. That's oh, I don't like. I don't like. And there I, I actually oh. this really fascinating. I don't want to say case, but like happenstance where there is this anti-anxiety drug that is available by prescription in Russia that was sold in the United States as a supplement and you could freely buy it on Amazon. Whereas in Russia, you would have to like go to a psychiatrist and get a prescription for it. That's... I don't like that. Okay, I'm on Fitty's website. They've got Courtney Kardashian, Chloe Kardashian, Victoria Justice. Girl, Victoria, what are you doing? What the, What are you doing? I know if she thought that she was going to be she didn't realize Ariana Grande was going to sweep in and take her place. No one did. None of us no saw, saw none of coming. none of us saw it coming. And I love Ariana and I like Victoria Justice. I don't want her to be shilling this nasty oh my god Jeanette McCurdy I was just thinking about her recently Jamie Lynn Spears now that seems more on brand yes <laughs> that is the level <laughs> at which Fit T presents itself Bella Thorne our newly out oh bisexual. my god Bella Thorne <laughs> <laughs> Bella Thorne spot endorses Fit T Oh. Yes, girl. Yes. Okay. Well, hold on a second. Hold she on. needs to elevate her brand a little bit, but she will. It's coming. She already announced that she's bisexual. Like, I can see nothing but new, but better endorsements in her future. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Although, honestly, you know who? Okay. Now that we're going through this list on the Fit T website, which I cannot see because of CenturyLink, get at me, CenturyLink. Um, you know who seems out of place you know which which group of these things is not like the others <laughs> it's the kardashians yeah they are too good for That's this what I'm saying. these are all washed up child stars who couldn't hold down a second show on nickelodeon That's why are the I'm kardashians saying. still doing this these are my questions i know like i thought that they would be done by now i don't think kendall is on there it's just kylie courtney chloe kim maybe Tim maybe hasn't done one of those in a while. She hasn't done one of those in a while. She knows. Ugh, I don't want to... I feel like I've just been bullied into following Bella Thorne on Instagram. (laughs) I gotta keep up. I love that she's, like, maybe... Okay, two things I love about this girl that she might be dating. One is that her name is also Bella. Second (laughs) is that it's her brother's (laughs) (laughs) ex-girlfriend. Yeah, I like... I, I pretty much love everything about that. (laughs) that's great there is nothing about this situation that i don't love no and she like i've here's the thing i knew about her before (laughs) not to be one of those people but i did know about her before yesterday because i've she was on that show with zendaya and on disney yeah and i knew that she was dating greg sulkin because he was on um faking it on mtv and also i think was on like some disney stuff before that and like Oh my god, I love her. Here's the thing. I just never bothered to really keep up with her. Like, I listened to This Week Had Me Like, the podcast, and they, they do the Bella Thorne thing. That's 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 their thing. But now I'm looking at her Instagram, and I kind of feel like, should I follow her on Snapchat? Bella Thorne, Latina and proud. Good for her. Hashtag the good vibe good tribe. Hashtag Libra. Hashtag HBIC. Okay. Hashtag pride. She's a Libra? I'm about that. Sure. But anyway, finally sure. into this episode, the digital rage. Um, we've got yes. three things going on in this episode. Before I want to get into this, this is kind of related to the Bella Thorne stuff. I mean, it's unrelated, but it, like because we were talking about Bella Thorne, you could see why this would be a point of interest for us. <laughs> in the beginning of this episode, the opening scene... It makes no sense that they included this, but they included it anyway. Kim is talking to Chloe and I think maybe, no, her assistant or something. I don't know. Some, yeah, some guy contacted Steph. her and said, hey, I have this NBA player 
um, here's his name. He's really tall or whatever, I guess. <laughs> um, he's interested in your sister. And so Kim says, well, which one? And he says, Kendall. So she and Kendall Google the guy. Kendall says, no, I'm not interested. Hmm, I wonder why. And <laughs> then the guy says, well, what about the other one? And she's like, what do you mean, Kylie? And he's like, yeah. And it's like, dude, you can't, come you can't on. just so blatantly use these people for their status. Like, come on. But also... Especially, okay, shittiness of, like, sister shopping aside, those are two different brands. Very different. Kylie and Kendall. And also, Kendall was also, not interested because she's possibly not that interested in men. So, like... <laughs> Yeah. Any good agent no, would when do they that were... research and know it. Yes. Okay. Honestly, though, that rang when Kim was talking about, like, Googling this guy and then deciding whether Kendall is interested. That rang so many bells for me. That is something I totally would have done, like, four years ago. I would have been like, oh, I don't know if I'm interested. Let me, like, evaluate this objectively because I don't have any true, like, romantic feelings about this situation <laughs> also okay the fact that that scene was included as the, the, the first scene and that's the first conversation that we hear and then we don't hear anything about it later it honestly makes me feel like they're gearing up for some sort of coming out story oh my god you're right because I've, you are because so this right whole season have we not been tracking the clues I mean, they're like breadcrumbs. We've just been lapping them up. And I feel like this was a blatant... This was like... They were speaking directly to us. Indirectly, but directly. They were like, yeah, get ready. Because it's coming out. Oh, like, a yeah. big reveal is going to happen. Because it's going to be... It's Yes. It's going to be a few months before the show gets to the point where they can talk about this Kendall ASAP Rocky speculation. But... When it does, and then they roll into the, like, is she dating Tyler thing, that could be a good opportunity to just have a sit down with Kendall where she's like, I'm not dating any of these guys because I'm not interested in guys. That's how I see that scene going. That's exactly how I see it going. And I definitely see that happening in, like, February. Yes. Like, we're, we'll okay. be watching it in, like, February. Yes. Anyway. Stay tuned. Bookmark this conversation. <laughs> Yes. But anyway, so there's three things going on in this episode. First, Black China makes Chimoji. She lets Kim know, like, hey, I'm making a knockoff of your emojis. Um, just FYI. The second thing is that Courtney claims to have, like, gluten allergies and dairy allergies, but they're not really allergies. She's just kind of on a diet. And the third thing is that Chloe and Lamar, Lamar's friend wants him to go to a basketball camp in Santa Barbara, but Chloe's like, I don't know, the leash doesn't go that long, let's try out some other stuff first, and then we'll compromise, and then maybe you can do that. Um, so the first, the A plot, the chime, the Shimoji thing, I wasn't that into this, this, um, plot like i didn't care i feel like the plots that seemed most important were chimoji and lamar but what ended up taking up a lot of time was courtney's allergies because she and scott have nothing but free time in their schedules that's true that's how i read i think this. that's how this episode came together <laughs> yeah because you know they were you can tell they were trying to drum up more conflict between kylie and China and Kylie even said like I don't think that this emoji that you guys think looks like me of like a girl getting her face slapped she's like I don't think that's me I think it's another girl that she had a very public fight with and that's it like Kylie yeah. Kylie shut it down pretty quickly like she was just like I don't I think she knows it's I in do the want best to interest out. of her brand to pretend to be friends with China yes Exactly. I don't know that I was super convinced by the way they were trying to spin the resolution of the Chimoji drama because Kendall, Kylie was just saying, oh, it's this other girl that China hates. Who is this other girl? Tell me. I know. I, I you know, name drop her because who looks exactly like that? Tons of girls on Instagram, to be sure. 
but which one of them has China feuded with? And honestly, what I think happened is, like, someone was setting up a set of emojis, they were shopping it around to celebrities, this was included in that pack, and as they shaped it around the China brand, you know, someone did a little tweak to the lips, and then it just hit the app store. I think that's what happened, more or less. I don't think it really matters either way. And it's interesting because Kim introduces it and talks about how, you know, there was this emoji that was presented to China of China kicking a tiger and how China said that she wanted to keep that out of the chai emojis. And it's interesting because what Kim says is to her sisters, she acted, what was it? One second, I have it written down. She acted like she had the power, mm, which yes. is interesting. That was like, when Be- when Kim said that, that was very shady of her. <laughs> I But I don't know that it was really shady in the sense that she was trying to shade China. No, But I think this can true. genuinely be a, like, was it China who approached the company who made the emojis and said, I want my own? Or was it what I think it is, which is, one company was shopping around a set of emojis to different celebrities and so china in that case would have less power because that business would be coming to her Mm -hmm. and would be able to shop the idea around to other celebrities like amber rose also has her own chai emojis i'm sure somewhere there's just a list of celebrities who are you know getting cold calls about their own emoji sets that makes sense that makes a lot of sense that's just my thought I think that's I think that is what happened and I think Kim is Kim's a good business person and she knows that and especially if the other company other party other business in this situation has the power then of course they're gonna put an emoji in there that looks like Kylie that gets slapped by China because how else are those emojis gonna end up in the facebook trending news stories Mm, like who's gonna download that shit who's gonna pay to download it unless they know there's some controversy you're gonna pay to download it if you want to see whether or not this emoji looks like kylie jenner that's true but you know a a set of china emojis had no true novelty value at that point because there was kimojis and then Mav emojis like really filled the rest of that niche, I think. Yeah, Kim really she's got an eye. She knows when to She really does. She knows what like she knows like when to make merch out of her kimoji. Like, you know. I know. And I want it. I want the dad hat shit. Yeah. I want the lighter I that want, says lit. I, wanted. I want like I think it's just it's all very clever. I know. I took my Kimoji money and I bought the furry slides by Rihanna, though, <laughs> is what I did. I'm not joking. That's what I did. No, I believe you. I'll save up later. Like, she even knows yeah. that pins are a trend again, so she's got pins. Like, Kim's on it. She really is. She's leading the charge. And that's why China runs it by Kim beforehand. And... You know, Kim is really being China's advocate in this episode, as is Courtney in an earlier scene where they're talking about Chloe skipping out on Mother's Day activities because of Rob, because Chloe continues to be the pettiest sister of this whole season, you know? And it's weird because Chloe at one point accuses Courtney of being the politically correct one, but she says it in this tone of voice and this intonation where you're supposed to understand that that's like an insult that Mm -hmm. courtney is being inauthentic in some way but i honestly just think no one is as petty as chloe no that she's the pettiest of them all like she really is chloe is i mean like everyone else has moved on and everyone else is like this is rob's first child china is family now and chloe is like declining to attend mother's day i know that's so much like that's so much 
Ugh. But anyway. She and... So she and Lamar, I... I understand why they're at this point. She cares a lot about him. She knows that there's only so much she can do. But I also kind of feel like, I don't know, it seems like I'm tired of it. I'm tired of hearing about this. I agree. Like, Lamar is a grown man. And what really got to me, so they're talking about basketball training camp, and Chloe's like, I don't know if this is a good idea. Sure. You can be of that opinion. But then when she's talking to him and she says, why don't you go to the boxing lessons that I set up for you? If you do that five days a week, then we can think about you doing basketball. That sounds like something a mom would say to a misbehaving, ungrateful child. Mm -hmm. And also, like, for Lamar, there is probably a huge difference between how he feels about boxing Versus the sport he played professionally for almost or over a decade. So true. You know? Yeah. Like, if he's not showing a consistent effort with boxing, I don't think that's a shit about how he feels about basketball. Because basketball was his life for so long. You know? Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that this isn't her trying to control him, but like in a way, kind of, you know? Yeah, I think she can, like, be supportive, and I don't think that that support has to be really unquestioning and unconditional. Like, I think he needs people around him who aren't yes-men, but she doesn't need to scold him No, like a mother. The only mother I'm interested in hearing about is Chloe, is Courtney. <laughs> and her f- is Chloe. Courtney and her fake-ass allergies. <laughs> She's not allergic. Scott Scott was pissed. He was like, I am actually very intolerant to dairy. And she's not. I've seen her eat ice cream in front of me. Yep. Yep. I mean, sure. Like, it also... She's also terrible. Like, the thing is, Scott replaces all of her stuff with regular gluten, regular dairy, regular whatever. But then Kylie ruins regular it. Gluten. Which I understand Kylie's reasons for for doing that. But then Courtney enlisting Chris to help her get back at Scott to pretend like she had an allergic reaction. Chris said, and I believe her, she's just not a very good actress. (laughs) Let's remember that Courtney has a degree in theater. I know. Let's all reflect on that fact. (laughs) She's terrible at acting. She can't even make scott believe that she had an allergic reaction and needs to go to the hospital come on girl put a little more effort into it like do you think that courtney's theater degree is really like a dramaturgy degree do you think she did like lighting and sound design maybe because all that she is serving in that scene (laughs) is a corpse a corpse with a very suspicious smirk yeah that's all she's giving us yeah it's fucked up she's not she also drives me crazy because throughout the episode she's talking about how like her kids eat dairy-free and gluten-free whatever i live in portland i see this shit all the time when i worked at a food cart i like these kids would come through these like six-year-old kids with these teenage babysitters and the teenage babysitter has like a wad of 20s clearly from mom or whatever And these kids would order these gluten-free, dairy-free crepes. And the babysitter would just look at the kid and be like, I don't know, can you have bacon? (laughs) Fucking Jesus Christ. (laughs) Let your kids eat real food. There was actually a study done uh, a few years ago, and I don't have it on hand because, once again, thanks to CenturyLink, I cannot use the internet. But, basically, it studied whether exposure to peanuts before the age of one affected whether children would develop uh, peanut allergies in childhood and i believe the difference was actually exponential in that being exposed to peanuts at a younger age um had a negative correlation to peanut allergies so the kids who weren't exposed to peanuts who were like completely peanut free um in those younger years were actually like far more likely to develop peanut allergies so 
that's just a little lesson from me to you on why dietary restrictions are bullshit. And I say this as someone with dietary restrictions. And there are people who could get really sick. And it's important that we leave that space and that language for them to convey that they could get really sick and or die if they eat certain foods. That's my spiel. I completely agree. And EpiPens shouldn't be so expensive. But that's a whole other... Yes. That's a whole other issue. issue. But Courtney, Courtney does... She's talking about, like, the kids' diets or whatever. And she says, Scott doesn't believe that our allergies are real. Like, you don't all share an allergy. You just put your kids on a weird diet. I'm sure they go over to Scott's house and eat, like... Lucky Charms with milk all the oh, time. Oh, definitely. They're fine. They are loving Cabin Crunch. Fine. Your kids are not an extension of you. So true. But. But anyway. I didn't know that Scott was lactose intolerant. Now, you know, I know that we have that in common. Yeah, I didn't know either. And I, I feel closer to him. Yes. Yes. Honestly, relatable. Very relatable of scott definitely and the sandwich that he ordered courtney looks really good i know i was so mad at courtney for not eating it <laughs> um and that storyline actually does end with courtney um kind of seceding to scott and saying oh i just won't use the word allergy anymore Scott doesn't win a lot in this show. No, he he does not. So that was a surprise for me. And I also want to talk about the fact that Courtney, not Courtney, Penelope and Mason switch seats in a restaurant. Mason crawls under the table. Totally fine. Kids should put their grubby hands on the floor. I think that's fine. But then they make Penelope crawl over the table. That's some Portland parent it's shit. Some, that is Portland parent shit. Because also, Courtney gets on the table to take a Snapchat of a skirt. She literally has her dirty... I mean, they they looked clean, but they've been on the ground, so they're not. Her shoes. Her sneakers. Oh, she stands on the kitchen table. I And Scott even looks at her like, what is this? I know. I know. Don't do that. I once stories about portland kids here's another one i was once in a restaurant where you like order at the register and then you wait for your name to be called pick up your food at the end of the table or whatever so it was like during the day and one of the people working at this restaurant was making pickles like in an open container where one would put the cucumbers in the vinegar or whatever and this woman has her like two-year-old kid or whatever and is holding the kid above like the vat of pickles and i was like that's gross because i'm going to eat one of those pickle slices in the future i know that right now and then the kid like can't see so she like sits the kid down on the counter but like shoes on the counter none of this seemed Mm -hmm. safe none of this seemed hygienic None of this should have been happening, but it's Portland. So the mom was like, oh, don't you want to, like, see how pickles are made? Watch a fucking YouTube video. (laughs) This is not a sensory experience. This is a restaurant where I'm just trying to eat a goddamn sandwich. This is a restaurant, lady. (laughs) And that's why I don't want anyone who's listening to this podcast right now to move to Portland. (laughs) There are enough people here. Don't worry, I won't. (laughs) No, honestly. Save yourself. (laughs) But anyway, I mean, that's pretty much all that happened in this episode. I think this, the allergy stuff just turned out to be a lot bigger than they had initially planned. And that's okay. Yeah. And the Chloe and Lamar storyline ends the way it always does. Which was with Chloe being like, I should take time for myself. And everyone is just nodding vigorously like, yes, Chloe, you should. Um, So I expect we'll see a repeat of this in the final episode of the season. I am surprised that Lamar is making as many appearances on Mm -hmm. the show as he is at this point. Because he does, like, 
up here in this episode driving around with chloe yeah no he's but we'll see if he continues to be a recurring cast member um next episode and even next season I guess it's time to move into power rankings, of which they are slim. We're not ranking very many people this week. Yeah, because no one was in it. Uh, Well, at the bottom of the list this week is Khloe Kardashian reiterating that same lesson that she could have stood to learn a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago about taking care of herself and not being so bothered about getting a return on her investment with Lamar. Um, She's being petty. We know this. You know this as the listener. And so she is still at the bottom of our list for this week and this episode. Coming in just above Chloe, we have Miss Gluten-Free herself, (laughs) Courtney. (laughs) I mean, yeah, you don't have allergies when you, like, eat hot dogs in Iceland. But, like... Exactly. Your ex-boyfriend is actually lactose intolerant. I don't know. It's a choice, Courtney. It's a choice. It's a choice. But not for Scott Disick, who's coming in above Courtney this week. And a rare comeuppance. Um, And he's right. Courtney should not be using the term allergy when she is just making a dietary choice, and she acquiesces on that point. So, Scott's in a good place this week, ranking above Courtney. Above Scott is Kylie, because she, I don't know, she kind of handled this emoji situation pretty well. She told on Scott when he tried to make make a joke about the allergies. I don't know. She also wasn't really in this episode that much, but for what she was, the parts that she was in, she didn't annoy me. I don't know. Yeah. And she's big, being the bigger person than, you know, Courtney and Chloe mm-hmm. combined. But the true winner this week, as as is true of all weeks, is Kim Kardashian West. Black China's number one advocate who is warming the family and the audience up for the idea of Black China as a cast member. I think that's a lot of the work that she's been doing this season is acclimating not just her family but the viewership to the idea of Black China and getting us ready for both Rob and China and future seasons where we could see Black China as a recurring cast member on Keeping Up with the Kardashians. And in general, Kim's just being very real. Um, She's not, she's helping Kendall field her beards. She's um, (laughs) telling Chloe to calm down. And she's removing herself from the allergy plotline entirely, which is the smartest move that she could have made in that regard. Yeah, I mean, Kim's always going to be on top. We know this. This is just a truth. And with that, I think it's time for plugs. Yeah, follow me on Twitter at BRKMRN. That's where I live. It's been a good week on me for Twitter. So yeah, you should follow me. Yeah, I love your Twitter. You have really good content. And you should feel free to follow us on Twitter at the K-Hole Podcast. You could also like our page on Facebook where we are also the K-Hole Podcast. Um, Brooke does all of our social media management. I pop in sometimes, but like she she does the good stuff. Um, And we often retweet uh, breaking Kardashian news and curiosities as they come up. So be sure to follow us there. You should also rate and review us on iTunes so we can share this podcast. And, um, you know, build up the social currency we need to fund this Viceland series about shady internet businesses. Because I know that's what you really want to see from us. 
You can follow me on Twitter at Ashley Brandt. You can also listen to me on a couple of other podcasts, including Pulp, the podcast based on a true story, where we are going to be talking about To Die For pretty soon. Um, That's going to be a super long episode where we talk about the Gus Van Sant film, as well as Pamela Smart. You can also listen to me on Twin Peaks Peaks, if you are in the mood to watch Twin Peaks. And yeah, I've seen that. It's coming back. We've been on a little hiatus because my co-host Sandra was away uh, doing some Bergman studies in Europe. Uh, She has amazing stories. I don't know how many we'll get to hear, but she and I went to see Werner Herzog's new documentary on the internet called Lo and Behold. So if you are passionate about the internet and interested in how celebrities use the internet or how the internet has evolved, um, I recommend that film and I recommend listening to our episode about it coming up real soon. With that, I think it's time for us to say goodbye. Until next time, this has been the K-Hole. Don't be fucking rude.